Hi, welcome to Swordnet Radio. This episode is the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons campaign, Doors. Last episode, the party dealt with the aftermath from Boatman Barnes, had a chat with a nice family about having dealt with their problem, and made somewhat of a faux pas when Rue decided to do some tricks for the kids, and it scared some adults. Back at the bar, Bleak and Gimbal had a bit of a chat, and it got a little bit heated, and it ended up with some cutting going on. Back on the night of the attack, there was yet more weirdness, as more lizardy-type guys were attacking the city, the party dealt with them, but once again, the lizardmen ended up taking their dead, plunging a knife into their heads and reverting them back into normal people. Some folks came out of the building nearby which turned out to be the hall where the Oak family were bivouacked, along with a lot of people from the Falberg who the party had helped evacuate. Jane Oak and the old dwarf came out, saw the party, and they communicated that two of the Oak children had been taken along with some other kids from the hall. We're going to get back into it immediately after the last episode left off. If you want to get in contact with us, it's swordnutradio at gmail.com, that's swordnutradio at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter, it's at swordnutradio. Introductions, starting on my left. Hi, I'm Adam A, I play Gimbal Galloglass, a miniature harp hero. Hi, I'm Biddy, Hi, my name is Rue, and I'm a human, and I'm most definitely not a witch. Hi, I'm Mike. I play the hot fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike. I fucking love Don't look at your character sheet because that's. I that's have safe, to like, I, because if I look at you two or well, you lot, I won't fucking do it. Hi, I'm Mike. I play the pale. No, I'll do it later. <laughs> you won't do it. Later, I will. I've recorded it. I'll now, do it later. Now, now or never. Now or never. Come on, do it. No, I'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> This is Deja Vu. I was listening to last week's episode in the car on the way over, and this was exactly this conversation we had at the start of the last one. Did he, did he record it? That yeah, one? or you could just say you could just, you could just say the class rather than race. No, nope, I'll do it later. <laughs> you won't record it. Right, okay. Uh, Mike's going to have a huff. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm Paul, I'm the DM, and I'm going to kill you all. Uh, but I'll kill Mike later, apparently. <laughs> so I'm now sitting here, cross-armed and brooding, so. sulking. So Don't um, worry, I've gone bright red as well. <laughs> we, we've had a fair bit of feedback since uh, the last session we recorded, which was the inspectors crossover. All oh, right. Actual feedback. People have been um, coming along, giving us facts and saying nice things. So the first one. Um, there's a couple of guys from Facebook uh, who are commenting on the crossover episode, the Inspector's crossover episode number 20, and uh, this is on the Knights of the Night uh, fan page. So there's a chap called Iban R, who says, um, I just heard the intro and you wouldn't believe how hard it's been for me not to laugh out loud because, you know, people tend not to appreciate loud noises at 4am. Um, I'm thinking, I think they were talking about the uh, intro where I uh, aped the Knights of the Night intro. Which is really good because he gave me a clean pass of his intro. I was going to take his intro from the original episode and just cut it, you know, with his voice on it. But he just he just volunteered to say, "Oh, here's a clean one." I went, "You don't know what you're doing." <laughs> on the same post, Rej just put a, a thing saying uh, a plus one and you know, saying he subscribed, and there was a grin emoticon. I copied and pasted it, and it actually transcribed it. Grin emoticon. <laughs> um, Thank you for subscribing. Mm-hmm. On uh, UK Roleplaying Forum. He also got in touch on um, Twitter as well. So um, this is Tone or at Chingaspy. Probably <laughs> not saying that right, but it's a Twitter handle, so fuck you. Uh, uh, I, I, he said something which was really good, which is um, he initially said uh, he'd subscribed and you, you just listened to it and give us some feedback and whatever. And he got back to us on Twitter and said that he just bought the Inspector's PDF from DriveThruRPG because 
of listening to us play, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. Um, and he gave us a fact, and his fact is that bashing your head against a wall burns 150 calories per hour. Right. So we can deduce from that that DMing burns 150 calories per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. There's also a Twitter handle out there for uh, Fate Core. It's not an official Fate evil hat thing, just someone who picks up um, uh, and, and talks about people who are doing Fate. And they, they actually do produce some decent content. They got in touch and said, you know, keep up the great quality work. Their fact is the five Tracy brothers in Thunderbirds are named after the first Americans in space. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder who Virgil was. <laughs> was it a dog? Americans. Most of our listeners are Americans. Buddy, get in touch. Tell us who the first Americans in space were, because I can't Google. And also, on Twitter, we had a, a fellow called Tarquin, or at Out of the Fog. It, 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 I couldn't really pull a, an actual quote saying what, you know, like it and this, that. It was just a general positiveness on Twitter. Um, and his fact is that Klingons have a secret passion for lemon-flavoured iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that canon? It is. Because Worf says it. Huh. Uh, Worf orders an iced tea. No, 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 no his is prune juice, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Although, I did say, like, when I was asking people for feedback, it doesn't need to necessarily be true. Mm. Okay, for right, right now, there's all the Trekkies, like, screaming <laughs> at the... At the, at the <laughs> yeah. Um, also, in counter-roleplay, um, uh, we were talking about this just before we started recording, but um, I did pop in on one of their sessions on Twitch. They do Thursday nights and Monday nights from 9 o'clock uh, GMT. Well, well uh, 9 o'clock local UK time, anyway. So that it's a sensible time. It's really good. It's a really unique experience, I think. It's really interactive. They do a lot of stuff with the chat. There's some really good um, like production values and the graphics, especially. And they gave us a shout-out on the show as well. Said so they'd listened to an episode of ours and they really liked it. Um, I mean, I didn't want them to sort of start talking about our stuff on their show. Kind of like, just get on with your show. Kind of yeah. But they came uh, back with a fact for us, because we read their stuff out last week. They didn't have a fact. But their fact is, and I've heard this somewhere before, is... In the late 1600s, London was plagued by an attacker called Whipping Tom, who would spank his victims with a rod and shout, Spanko, before running away. Nice. Why well, <laughs> is Tom not here now? Why? Because he's weak. <laughs> and that's our feedback. Cool. It's a lovely, lovely feedback. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hmm. And I have a fact as well, because we have a penicillin allergic person, mm-hmm. is that um, chorizo... Pepperoni and salami all contain penicillin. Really? Yes. Wow. Have you ever felt ill after eating such things? Uh, I don't know. I'll keep an eye out for it. I, I suppose think. it could depend on how sensitive you are to it. Mm. And how authentic the yeah. meat is. Mm. Yeah, if you get like, like from like a market store. Oh, God, yeah, when it's got all the, the white stuff on the outside of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it is that white stuff, because that is mould. Mm. Um, Sorry. Are you giggling at white stuff and sausage? For yes, the, I was. For the benefit of the audio, we're all looking at Adam right now. The looks on our faces are not approving. Really, really <laughs> Mike's just jealous because he didn't really get it first. Yeah, we're, we're not angry, Adam. We're, we're just disappointed. <laughs> I'm not. We'll rejoin you on the night of the attack. And it's dark, and you are in this alleyway. No time has passed since the last episode. You, you're on your asses. You are pretty badly hurt. You are being now confronted by these these people, um, specifically um, Jane Oak, who is beside herself as two of her children have been kidnapped. 
there is this dwarf uh, fellow, this elderly dwarf, who's initially he's been talking to Karahad, but since uh, Tom's not here, um, he's you know he's going to be addressing generally who is around. I'll describe this dwarf. He's a pretty typical dwarf. He's although elderly, he's very wide. You would never mistake a dwarf for a short, stout human. Um, when they're sort of pure-blooded, you would um, you see a lot of crossover. But generally speaking, the the uh, what you, what clues you into dwarf blood in someone is that they are wider proportionally than they should be for a human. They've got wider shoulders, wider hips, lower center of gravity. You know, like the legs are literally further apart, the eyes are a bit further apart, and the head is not quite as rounded. It's it's a little bit sort of squatter and, and flatter. Karahad himself is sort of none more dwarf. He's got, you know, eyes that are quite far apart. He's very low to the ground. He's very stocky, very solidly built. Um, and his, his, his head is almost a, is, is almost a box. It's, you know, generally speaking, you stay clear of half elf dwarf mixes because they tend to be really tall and very wide, <laughs> um, built like brick shit houses. Jane is, is beside herself. So she's been sobbing away. And talk, you know, trying to trying to get something out of Karahad. Karahad is in a really bad way at the moment. I believe he he was actually left on one hit point. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So he's in a really bad way. His his legs fucked up. Um, he's been bashing the head. He's uh, he, he's not good. He's sort of in and out of consciousness. Kind of in and out of consciousness. I don't want to go for the whole D and D trope of the player's not here, their player is unconscious. You have to deal with it. He's he is mobile, um, but just not very conversive, you know, like, you know, you could help him up to his feet and he could walk but not run, that sort of stuff. I believe the last time he described himself I leaned up against the wall trying not to vomit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's of the, you know, symptoms of a concussion or something. Mm. He, you know, is they're, they're gradually <coughs> turning away from you because they, they sort of went to him because they were panicking and he's the guy they know, he's the folk hero, he's you know, he's, he's uh, not quite the local superstar but people know he's someone who helps people. So they, they 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 sort of look up and, and look around and, and they're actually starting to take stock now and it's like they've just burst out of this thing sort of after these guys. They've noticed you're here and they're actually understanding what's going on here. Like while Jane is still beside herself, the the older dwarf is actually going to uh, start comforting her and sort of you know, moving her back towards the um, toward towards the hall in which they are lodged. And he's gonna he's signal for you guys to to come with. Because out is not a very good place to be right now. Probably would be a good idea to uh, get Karahad somewhere where he can recover. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, go over to Karahad, sling his arm around my shoulder, and we'll start heading towards the uh, hall. Okay. So you're going to go in with them and, yeah. and sit down with them. Okay. So as they usher you in, as they usher you in, you come into this this room. Um, it's, it's a single large room on the lower floor. Upstairs, there are, there are other rooms that, that you guess are occupied. But the lower floor is this this very large open area where there are lots of beds sort of made up, lots of like temporary bunks, um, you know, places where they've got a few poles sort of strung up and hammocks between uh, beams and things like that. And uh, you know, the odd sort of little tent here and there for privacy. They they draw you to where the, the Oak family has been been sat in, and Rue, you, you you know this area. What Rue is also going to notice, out of the corner of his eye, as you go sit down, is that someone has just slipped out of the building through a different door than you came in. There are quite a few doors to this thing. This is a public space, and so it's accessible from lots of different areas, but um, yeah, someone just slipped out. 
Um, okay, you're with the family. What, um, Jane is sat there, and David, the older son, who is uh, about seven years old. What would you like to do? Have we got the dwarf's name yet? You do not. Dwarf, what's your name? You're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he tells you his name is Eric Riley. Unusual name for a dwarf. Absolutely perfectly normal name for a dwarf. Carahad's got a weird name. Mm-hmm. But you reckon that's you know that's regional to, to where he comes from. Rue would probably they'd ring a bell with Rue that that's probably from the mountains to the west. The Danworth Mountains. Yeah. That sort of stuff comes from there. Okay then, Eric, have you got a bit of pull with these people? I have no idea what you mean by pull. I mean, will they, if, if you give them some advice, will they listen to it? Everyone can listen to whatever they want to listen to. What I'm trying to establish here is you need to get these doors barricaded. Because if these guys come back looking for more people to throw over the shoulder, you need at least some line of defence. Now, before we get down to even talking about anything, we should sort that out. Then we should have a chat. He's at, he is going to see the wisdom in your words. I'm not going to make you roll for that, because that's common sense. Um, he's, he's going to say, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I don't see why authority's got anything to do with that. That's just common sense. And he just goes, right, chaps. And he just sort of gestures towards some of the, the able-bodied people, um, you know, sort of men and women around, to, just to say, you know, can we tear apart some of these beds and uh, get in there, maybe a floorboard and, and wedge them up against the door. And that's, after, after that, yeah, just a thought occurs to him and he thinks to himself, right, okay, and he, he talks to someone else and they run off to get a head count, so they go around sort of counting people, literally patting people on the head and you know, taking a tally. So we, we only saw them take the take the little ones. They were... They were and he, he literally takes a moment and he's like head in his hands and he's, he's, he's obviously shaken by this. I mean, he's not a warrior. He's, he's, he's just a guy. And uh, he's, you know, there were, um, uh, I think, seven or eight raiders came in um, really quick. Um, the lights were down in here. You know, we didn't have, uh, we only had a couple of lanterns lit. Um, so we don't know really how many there were, but about seven or eight. Um, my guess is they, they took about four, four or five kids. Um, they, they were trying to just take it. They weren't trying to hurt people. They were just... Um, I mean, John over there, and he points to this guy sort of, who's got a bandage on his head, like, you know, rags around his head. He's, you know, he took a, a bump on the head uh, trying to stop him. Um, some other people got hurt, but they weren't trying to kill people. They were just after the little ones. They were after the. Well, you know, they even tried to take some of the older ones. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a halfling back of the way that they looked interested in, but I think he was too far away. And they just. You know, they, they took as many as they could and they went. In and out. Why are they taking the old and the young? It doesn't make any sense. Surely, if you're an attacking force, you'd want to take out the most able men so they couldn't fight. Why would they take the youngest and the old? It doesn't make What would they do with them? What could they do with them? Taking the young kind of makes sense, but yeah, the old. They're not really that much of a threat and. Other than the fact that they're not going to put up much of a fight, I'm a bit confused by this as well. While these guys are discussing and like barricading and stuff, I'm going to be trying to see what I can do for Karahad. Can you make a, a, a medicine check for me, please? Wisdom medicine. Three. <laughs> not a lot. You don't have any bardic inspiration left. 
You said you'd give me inspiration and I'll rules. I would, okay, the benefit of the listeners, uh, last week, last session where we played this, and Adam was handing out Bardic Inspiration using his D6 that he can give to people to roll. I said that he, if he got um, a huge inflatable D6, I would give him inspiration on every roll. And he's got a about one foot cube um, inflatable D6, so yeah, yeah, take inspiration, you fucker. <laughs> inspiration. Not bardic inspiration. Six. Oh no, no, you can have. Actually, yes. Your misinterpretation shall go. Yes, you can have bardic inspiration, not actual inspiration. That's, That's not fine. a cube. That's fine. Okay, so you had six. That's a nine. Okay. Yep. So it's a nine. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can patch him up and, and get him comfortable in insofar as he's not necessarily vomiting, or if he does, he's not going to choke on it and die. Cool. So it's, it's a basic, you know, get him in the crevary position type stuff. Um, he's not bleeding from anywhere. Uh, it doesn't look like he's got any bones broken necessarily. He might have some fractures, but you don't know. You know, it's, it, it, he's not really he's stable. Yeah, he, he's not um, compassmented enough for, for you to get a, a report from him. Not what hurts. So, what would the rest of you be doing at this point? I'm checking out the building. If I can I find out how many floors it's got, just in general, where I'll. Okay, you know this building well. It's a, it's a public building. Um, lots of things happen here. Um, you know, lots of recreation activities happen here. Gatherings, business deals happen. It's it's reasonable. In the in terms of the city, where is it placed? Is it near the walls? Is it in the centre? Is it in like the trade district? It is near the it's near the centre. It's near um, the marketplace. Marketplace is on the west side of the city. A, a, a bit back from the wall, so about a third of the way into the city. Okay, so if you come in the gate into the west, you've got a few houses to go past. You've got um, it's essentially the the, merch, the mercantile district to go through, um, and you, you'd pass the the castle on your left, which would take up a large part of that. Uh, and then there's the marketplace, and then you get to where you are here. There is a, there is a bigger hall right on the marketplace, but that's not where you are. You're in this this one. It's like a couple of streets back. Can I check? My thieves can't. You most certainly can. So just check if there's any symbols or any any actions anywhere that could mean something. You can check the thieves can't. Yeah, you can um, make a make a perception roll, please. A wisdom perception roll, please. Eighteen. Okay, at an eighteen. Yeah, you're gonna check around and this place. Um, the only signs that you can see up here are the signs that say, basically, don't put any more signs up here. Um, it, it, this, it basically says that this area is off limits. Um, either it's it, it's too hot, there's too many witnesses. They want to keep this place as somewhere that people can come and do deals. Um, you know, we're, we're, it basically, it's, it's the sign for a haven. Right. So okay. there's no like a hidden door, or <clears throat> trap, or like um, secret exits or entrances, or no. Uh, and that sort of thing generally wouldn't be put anywhere in, in thieves' cant unless it was. This is what this place is specifically for. Okay. Yeah. You, basically, you know, you can do dodgy deals here. You know, you can fence stolen goods if you meet someone and chat about things. You can, you can take a job to kill someone here if you like, because it's just two people having a conversation. But it's just a public space. Okay. You know, it, there's nothing particularly good about it, and not particularly bad about it. It's just, and that's what is going to be preserved about this place. It's like the the sign that's up is, it's a haven, which means you don't do anything dodgy. Nothing dodgy happens to you. We need to get out of here. We do, but I think the dwarf's going to have a request for us in a second. So let's at least be polite. We should have left a few days ago. Yeah. 
You're probably right. You know, when I was, I was running away from everybody and, else, and you, leaving us all behind, and you came and stopped me. Mm. Remember that? Yeah, we do. We do. What sounds like an amazing idea right well, now? Yeah. What, well, like I said, leaving us all behind. Mm. You were out too. Because we came we, to get you back. We but could you... have run away together. No, we couldn't have. <laughs> it would have been magical. Now we're stuck here. And I think Karahad may be dying. Today. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, we've got to stabilise him before we go anywhere. I've just stabilised him. Well, alright, get him back on his feet then, in that case. As you're talking over Karahad and looking at him, bleak, you get a hand on your shoulder. Now there's a cough. Right, bleak. Lance. What are you doing out of your uh, local? Thought you liked that local. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't know, it's not the same that it used to be. Yeah, it's become a real hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of a punchline. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that will have this sound effect on it, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm sat here looking rather smug right now. <laughs> He's going to just sort of, you know, take his hand off your shoulder and, uh, and stand there. I'm going to unsheath the dagger, that was... As you turn round, you see that he's not alone. There are, in fact, two other guys with him, stood behind him. And as as you sort of, your hand goes to your dagger, it goes... Ooh, bleak. Bleaky, bleaky, bleak. That uh, would not be wise, but with so many... Innocent witnesses, kiddies. I'm gonna take it away and just like start like picking stuff up off my chin and neck. Just shave with it. Yeah. yeah. Is this Knuckles then? This is Knuckles Lane. You can call him Lane. You call him Knuckles, you might see the bad end of him. Knuckles, I see you survived again. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch a break, really, can we? I was hoping you would have got crushed or stabbed or anything other than be here right now. I have my ways. We've been hearing some interesting things about you. Well, they all can't be true, can they? He's not looking at you. All right. He's looking at Rue. Of course he is. (laughs) And what would those interesting things be, then? I hardly think this is the place to talk about such things. If you wouldn't mind stepping outside, chaps. No. Yeah, about that. We've just gone into quite a bit of trouble to actually barricade the doors, so I'd rather stay here, actually. I'm with him. I'm all for the witnesses. Look, Knuckles, this isn't the time to do this. Maybe when everything's blown out. He's going to look at you and say, um, look, I'm a reasonable man. You know this. I'm a nice guy. I like being a nice guy. I don't like not being a nice guy, but I'll do it. I really want to shoot in the foot with my uh, crossbow. <laughs> you want to shoot everyone with your hand crossbow. You really want to, you really want to do it? Uh, Alright then, so... Okay. Are, are you attempting to hide this? Uh, no. I think, yeah, he's going to see exactly what's on your face. Go bleak. We can do this the easy way. We can do this the really easy way. Are we going to have to do this the really easy way? What do you want? I would like you to come with me and we will have a little chat. The dwarf as well. I don't want to go. I'm 
thinking right now I could possibly use my new spell. And what's that? Bane. You don't have any slots left. Because you haven't levelled up yet. Oh, we're not uh, leveled up yet? Not leveled oh, no, yet. I, I, I had two slots from the first one, but if, if we haven't no, leveled up yet, I was going to say it's a new, it's a new yeah. spell, fair enough. Um, right. Is there any penalties to being so close and shooting? Disadvantage. Point blank. I'm going to put my hand on Bleak's shoulder and just go, I know what you're probably thinking, but this he's right, this probably isn't the place for this. If we are going to go down this route, there's no need to talk about anything. We need to get Garhad semi-conscious and we need to get out of here not talking to this dickhead. <laughs> offence take... Please take offence. No, <laughs> you said that out loud. Yes. Okay. He's going to go... Oh dear. Looks like it's the really easy way. And he's going to look up to the corners just above you and uh, you can see that on the staircases just behind you so you know not actually on the roof where they'd sort of be noticeable but uh, just on the staircases there's a couple of archers a couple of crossbows and uh, as you look back towards him he's going to look at the doors which are no longer barricaded and each of them has a man in them I'd like you to make a perception roll please all of you if you're looking five nine fifteen yeah, Bleak, you're, you're going to notice um, these men are wearing uniforms. What are you up to, Knuckles? Shall we? And he gestures towards the door. Two moments. Nope. He signals to a couple of these chaps and um, several men come through and he just sort of steps backwards and is just you know, disappears into the crowd. Like, you, you could track him, he's not, he's not a ninja, but um, he's just going to step back and become an intrusive. As we've established in this man, he is someone that your eye just sort of slips off. The, these chaps are going to come in. <clears throat> they are members of the, of the of the town guard, not the watch. This is these are the soldiers. Some of them have blood on them. All of them have that look on their face that tells you they have no time for any of this bullshit. And they are going to come through the crowd. You know, sort of make way, other way. Come on, other way. You, 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 and that. Pointing to Garahad. Come in with us, go on, and they just grab a hold of you. What would you like to do? Everyone at this point has just cleared a path for them. Yeah, I think we're going with these guys. We don't really have much choice. Bide our times, find an opportunity. Yeah. Now isn't the time. The lead guard is uh, is a man who's got sort of shoulder length blonde hair and a handlebar moustache, and he looks very tired and haggard. And uh, he's just going to look at you and says... In the name of Baron Jakeev, you are under arrest for murder. You're coming with me. And each of his men you know, grab a hold of you. Um, three men between them sort of grab Karahad and start lifting him up. They've sort of got a blanket between them and pull him up. He's going to go, go easy on him, we need him alive for the trial at least. Murder? Who? Yeah, who are we accused of murder? If the accused would like to make a statement. He says, just pinching his, his forehead and he's just like, I have no time for this bullshit. Um, you may do so, the Baron's Reeve, in the morning when we have buried the fucking dead from this night's butchery. Guys, <laughs> context here. You're, you're being moved. Now you are literally being moved. Guys, context. Who will be killed? <laughs> Who will be killed? Who will be killed of import importance? Well, we've not killed anyone. So we couldn't even begin to answer that question, could we? We've killed quite a few people, but 
There were at least two in the um, in Boatman's. Yes, but I don't think now is the time to have this conversation with so many people around us. Perhaps we may want to wait for a better opportunity. <laughs> so the, the, one of the um, soldiers actually leading you away, not not the head on show. He's, he, he just he just talk, looks at you and says, "If you guys want to admit it now, that's fine. Save us a bother." Okay. How many? How many? Can I take a check to see how many people are actually pushing us? Uh, there are three with Karahad. There are two with Gimbal, two with Rue, and there are three on you. And looking into the corners, you see that these uh, archers have not disappeared. Mm. I'm just going to go over there. <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> I did. Okay. They are going to lead you in pretty short order. You're not far away from um, the castle itself. They're going to lead you into the keep. Bring you to the main entrance, you go off to a side, and you are taken into the cells. Which isn't actually in a subterranean dungeon, because that's bullshit. Um, people keep things they need to keep cool in dungeons. Um, so the kitchens and the, the stores are usually on the uh, lower ground floor and everything. So you, you're basically just above ground now, where there are a couple of cages you know, bolted into the walls. It's an out-of-the-way sort of place. Um, there is a hole in the floor, which kind of is in a corner and sort of goes off. Um, but it's about you know an inch and a half in diameter. It's it is for you to do your business. There's no straw, no beds, nothing of that sort. You're all put into one cell. There's no attention for Karad at all. Before are we being stripped the weapons? You most certainly are. I would like to roll a chip, roll something so I can keep my thieves tools on me. And keep your thieves tools. Okay. Um, <coughs> let's make that a sleight of hand because they're going to be going around you. So you need to be moving this around you. Thirteen. Thirteen. Um, I'm going to say that these guys are tired. Um, I'm not going to roll a check for them. I'm going to roll a flat DC. So these guys are tired. Um, so they are checking. They're taking all the obvious weapons off. Um, they've taken your harp away from you, your uh, your flute, and uh, rapier, and yeah, all oh, your, your weaponry, that. yeah, your accoutrements, things like that. Are they going to try and take my component pouch away from me? They're going to take any sort of pouch at all. So your money pouch, things like that. Can I uh, try and roll a persuade roll to make them think? Just basically try and talk them into the fact that oh, you don't need to take the pouch. Because as far as they're concerned, they don't they don't really understand what it's for. Okay, I'll give you context. Is that um, if someone's accused of a crime, mm. um, the things that are used in that crime become forfeit. Um, so they're sold. That's that's basically how governments make their money in, in this day and age in the feudal period. If you're accused of a capital crime, everything you have. Is taken, and if you're if you are, you know, killed, then everything is sold. They they would be taking it with a view to selling stuff. Is is the thing. So yes, you may most certainly make a persuade roll. Charisma, uh, charisma persuasion. Uh, yeah, eleven. So, eleven. Um, tell me what's in this pouch. Essentially, it's out of character. It's essentially it's what enables me to do all of my spells on a whim when they need components. Mm-hmm. So there's all little random, like tiny bits of fleece and kind of like a small little bit of water and just just general bits and bobs. Knickknacks. Yeah, knickknacks and bits and bobs, but they're all required to do my okay. spells. Uh, so so with it, I can do any of them <coughs> on the fly. Without it, okay. I'm a bit, okay. a bit more under pressure. Uh, well, make your case. Okay. Well, what, what's your what is your attempt at persuasion? I've given you absolutely everything else. You've got my dungeoneering part, you've got all my weapons and everything. You don't need to take this off me. This is, you know, this is just bits and bobs that I pick up. I'm a bit of a, bit of a collector, you know. He's a I just pick, the maniac. I just, yeah, I just, I just pick things up. They make, they comfort me and stuff. I mean, Craig, have a look. It's, it's like fleece and 
bits of gravel and stuff. What the hell am I going to do with that? He also picks his nose and keeps... It's not like you can sell it. He has a dead skin pouch. Filthy, thieving bastard. And he just takes the pouch and just throws it in with all the rest of the crap. Shit. Fair enough. Fucking thieves. Murderer and a thief. I suppose it's not so bad that he's a thief, but fucking eight thieves. They're just mumbling as he he Mm. walks away from you. They close the cell. How I I managed to save my pieces of my thieves tool. Yes, you have. And all, we all the gold pieces. Um, we don't want to know where you're hiding them. We'll say, we'll say that, uh, in fact, where, where have you hidden it? What's, what's, what's happened? Or do you want to save the reveal? The tools aren't actually in a pouch. They just slide into little crevices in my body. <laughs> in your body? Yeah, I, like I've cut, like, they're like sliding into my skin and stuff. Okay, so you've created scar tissue. Yeah. Alright. That's interesting. I like it. Infectious. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, they, they, you know, they give you a brief sort of. They don't really give the full pat down. It's just okay, whatever's whatever's on you, fuck it. Yeah. Just like, so from from when the building collapsed until now, kind of like roughly how much time has elapsed? Roughly. Yeah. About twenty minutes. Oh, okay, cool. Right, it's been a rough twenty minutes. I've still got forty minutes left of my my magical armor. Then that's fine. Okay. Um, that has a, an actual physical effect, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm currently covered in frost. Oh, you're still covered in frost? Yeah, I'm yeah, still covered okay. in frost, yeah. Uh, okay, let's retcon. You've got a lot of weird looks. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't damage anyone if they make contact with you, does it? No, it's only if they physically attack me. If they attack you, yeah. So it's like a... Yeah. Just everyone's really cold around you. Mm. Yeah. He can all milk fresh. together going, fuck me, it's cold. <laughs> you got a lot of weird looks, but you didn't get the same sort of reaction that you got when you were doing the, the fire puppetry. Um, the outright shock. Mm-hmm. So, what would you like to do? You're in a cell. You're on your own. Get that motherfucking um, lock. Absolutely. Go for it. What, what would you like to do with this thing? Unlock it. Okay. I would like you to make a perception roll, please. All of us. Whoever is interested. I, I would like to do a perception roll because I want to see what's in this cell with us as okay. well. So, <laughs> natural one. Natural one? I'm not bothering. Okay, you're, you're focused on Karahad. Yeah. Okay. What lock? What? What lock? There isn't one. They came in, they opened this door, sorry, they, they came in, the door was already open, they swung the gate closed, so swung this, this big iron grate door closed. Sounded like it locked. But you look at the place where the lock plate would be, and all there is, is a solid piece of iron. There's no space between the end of the door and the start of the um, of the, the steel grate wall. You know that that place where the lock would actually slide across. There's no gap. So I go to pick the lock, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And I try to move the actual. Yeah, you can shake it and do that, and and you know it, there's a tiny bit of give in in terms of the bend and flex of the metal. Um, generally, but very little. We're talking a couple of millimeters. Sorry, is this like a solid door? Were you saying, or like a this is a, a C three? Imagine um, it's 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 horizontal and vertical bars, so it's a grid. Okay, cool. Okay, with rivets, you know where where the overlaps are. Look at the hinges. Half <laughs> 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 pin barrel hinges. Yeah. <laughs> Come look at this. I was going to say, yeah. Can I get my hand through to kind of like feel on the other side, see if you can feel like a locker or a padlock or anything on the other side? You certainly can. There's yeah. nothing there. It's blank. Hmm. How the hell does this work then? Magic. Mm. There's no such thing, is there? 
I don't know, I'm proving otherwise. Check Thieves can. Is there anything in, in here written or etched or not a thing? You, you can take 20 if you like. It's okay, nothing. I, I want to take 20 because we're going to be in here for a while, I assume. And I want to do a complete reconnoitre of the room and find out exactly what's in it, even if it's just kind of like bits of straw or kind of like an old blanket in the corner or whatever. There is literally nothing in here. They clean this out. Yeah. What are you guys wearing? Well, seeing as they've taken everything, I'd imagine they've probably taken our armour as well. Are any of you wearing fleece? <laughs> any kind of Wool- fleece? Woolly underwear. I would like to say that my underwear is fleece. <laughs> <laughs> the national dress yeah, of Anish includes... Um, uh, basically, it's, a lot of it is wool because you're in a fairly northern part of the world. It's not icy cold. It's not, you know, um, the, the grim north. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it it's it's not tropical. So it does include wool. And um, of of all of you, I think Rue, unless you've got a reason that you 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 would want to slum it, you're probably wearing lots of you know treated nice you know nice wool like woven stuff. Um, whereas uh, you, you might be looking at like sort of really basic wool type uh, stuff uh, for for these other guys, untreated wool, tunic, shorts. Yeah. Yeah, so we could definitely get a bit of fleece going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Right. About the only thing I can really do, well, I've still got my weapons because I reckon I could still probably do quite a few of the things I was doing before. I'm not sure, but I can do me me illusion thing. But I need a bit of fleece to make it work. What is with this? How come you can do this? Well, it's a long story. Probably best we don't get into it now, but at some point I'll definitely explain it to you. We're not going anywhere. Have you seen a lot? We're stuck in here, there's nothing in here. We're staying here. Unless you can blast a hole through that wall. Well, that's the idea. I can get them to unlock the door for us by making them think we've blasted a hole in the wall. Actually, did we go underground for this, or no, were we up? Just, just above ground level. Just above ground level, okay. Yeah. Right, so. If I can well, get a bit how, of fleece. How can you do any of this? Doesn't sound like a very minor illusion to me. This sounds like invisibility. No, no, no this, is, this is just the illusion that there's a hole in the, in the wall and that you can see through. But you would still be in the, in the, in the cell. Yeah, we'd still be in the cell, we're not invisible, we're still there, but there's just like a... I just want to create the illusion that there's a hole in the wall okay. that we could get through. It's technically possible. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. All right. So what we do is create the hole, create the illusion, get the cards come along. We act the innocent. We're going. Oh, we don't know how this has happened. Illusion. You are going to magically create. Yeah. A hole in the wall. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's you were not actually. You were there. having your. You, you two were having your lovers tiff when this all happened. Yeah, you've not. You did you not see any of the stuff I was doing with Carahad in the pub a couple of days ago? Do you know when we first met Knuckles? No. <sighs> right. Okay. Going to give you a quick demonstration, and um, I. Do you need me to roll for this to see no. how convincing it is? Right. You okay. Just do this. You've got time. I'm going to materialize a white knight and a black knight, one in either hand, and then I'm going to make them morph into a cow. Then they're going to become a, uh, a basket of fruit, and then the fruit basket is then going to start singing, and um, <laughs> then it's all just going to disappear. And I'm just going to go, right, I can do this. Now you've seen it, you can understand it's probably not a five-minute conversation to explain how I can do this, but we could possibly use this to get out. I'm going to sit down in the corner, <laughs> put my head in my hands, and just be quiet for about five minutes. Okay. <sighs> 
Gimbal knew about this. It's no surprise to you. No, not at all. So what do you think of this as an idea, then? There's no guarantee it'll work. When they come and, when they come and look in, they're going to see us still here. It's not like we'll have actually escaped. Well, that's the thing. We're going, oh, look, um, the people attacking have busted a hole in the wall. We're not escaping because we're innocent and we want to prove our innocence. You best put us in a different cell. Might work. You never know. All right, Master Thief, I'm new to all this. You come up with something better. Considering you're the first person I've met who can do this, I've been around the world-ish, <laughs> don't do anything. They will gut you like a fish. They will experiment on you to see how you do this. Keep it to yourself. We're here for a reason, and I think the amount of people we actually have killed, and now they've now all of a sudden... Gimbal's just going to turn around and go, We. You. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. And the amount of people we have killed, and now they've, for some reason, brought us here during an attack. They must know something, and I think they suspect it's you. So don't do anything. Okay, alright, fair enough. There's a certain kind of logic in that. Alright then, then what are, if I'm not doing anything, what are we going to do? I don't fucking know. I can't open the, the game. Any ideas? Gimbal's never been in prison before, he doesn't know what to do. What do you think? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm all up for new experiences, but I'm not taken by this one either. Um, this one's a little jank than usual. So, as a group, are we just going to wait this out? Get whatever really sleeping gear. Can't rescue. open the door, we've got no other choice, really. Yeah. There's always choices, but you know, if, if you want to make the decision to rest and do your thing, then we can do that. Just a thought, does the door open outwards or inwards? Uh, you saw it opened outwards. It was already open when you brought into it. Oh, I just figured if they were pushing on the door and it opened inwards, you know, that could be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we can try and get the guards in. Say, go ahead. Stop breathing. Get them in here. And overpower them. Possible. Depends on how many guards turn up. We still have the problem, then, of how we get out. It was going to be hard enough to get out of the city even when we were just being attacked from the outside. When we're going to be getting attacked from the outside and people on the inside are going to be looking for us, it's going to be a bit of a tall order. Well, if Nicholas has his way, we're going to be hung in the next two days anyway. Well, yeah, this is what's confusing me. What do you know about Knuckles? What do you know about Knuckles? <laughs> you know that yeah. this is the man, in polite conversation, you'd, you'd call him lame. People do refer to him as Knuckles, because the only habit that he's got is that occasionally he'll crack his knuckles. Not because he's a bruiser. He is, to all intents and purposes, uh, a messenger, essentially. Think, um, or, or a fixer. Think um, Wesley from the Daredevil series. So, yeah, you know that he's a, he's a, he's a man who has the ear of the Baron, the, the, the crime boss in this city. You know, he, he literally will do the cliche, you know, there's my employer, rather than... Um, so the Baron all that sort of stuff because he's the, the official mouthpiece as it were he is the person who will give you jobs he has given you quite a few jobs but he doesn't give them to you personally he says be here at this time and then someone else gives you that information someone else is your contact he's almost like a broker in that sense okay, I don't that to all you yeah. alright and he was with the city guard that was the city guard that took us in yeah possibly the Baron has taken over or he's used it as, as a power play to take over the, over the guard Possibly. Pretty much, we're not here because we murdered someone. We're here from seeing what you do. We're here because of that. And we're right where the barrel wants us. And that's never a good thing. 
Oh, we need to think of something. They're not going to be back for a while. I don't think, anyway. We rest up, and then we see what comes to us. We wing it. That's what we're good at. We wing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, kick, no we, we don't wing it. We kick the door down. That's winging. <laughs> That's right. Has anyone actually tried kicking the door? I doubt it works. Your resident door kicker is, at the moment, on his back. Yeah. Okay. Rest? Yeah. And then we'll see what we can do. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, you're going to sleep for the night. Um, everyone heal up to full, do you, do you know admin? Cool. Um, we'll have to make sure we tell Tom. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll talk to Tom separately um, as well. So, I've, I've given him some homework. Okay, so you're all healed up. This isn't a standard healing thing because you've leveled up. You're up to full hit points. You've got all of your um, uh, hit dice to spend. Um, so your resources are all at full. Okay? You'll assume that you all get a, a decent night's sleep. Bleak. You are in a forest. It's cold and the wind is blowing through the, the trees that you're hiding in. You feel more than hear the movement off to your left. You tense yourself as a stag crashes through the undergrowth next to you. Huge, huge roe deer stag runs along this uh, this little game track, and you've been lying in wait, and it's just what you've been wanting. You know exactly when this is going to happen, and all of your senses are just on fire. And you go to draw your daggers. And they're not there. But your hands sort of develop claws. And this feels right to you. And you leap forward. And crash through the cover that you're in. And you just catch the hindquarters of this stag as it goes past you. And just rake it and this huge gash appears in its hindquarters. And it's, it's, it's still running but it's hobbling. You can sense the kill. And you run. Leap. And you're on its back, and you howl, and you sink your teeth into its neck, and wrench it to one side, and you hear a crack. You wake up, and it's morning. There is some light that comes into this the cell room, and you feel energised in a way you haven't felt since the day you weren't your name. You feel stronger, harder in some way. Bidding. You are in the void. You've been here before. You can't see your body, you, you can't move really, but that doesn't trouble you. This is a place of the mind. And it's familiar. Once upon a time you came here, and then once more when you saw the image of a pale elf with scars, and a voice comes out of the, the void. At once you feel like you're burning and freezing, and all points between. But it's not unpleasant. This is somehow the way that you should feel. And the voice says to you, Don't well, so far, but you're weak. Eat and be strong. And you see, coming out of the void towards you, like it's coming into a spotlight almost, is a hazelnut. And this hazelnut splits in half, folds open, and is presented to you. What do you do? Eat the hazelnut. You eat the hazelnut, mm -hmm. and you wake up. 
Gimbal, you're on stage. It's a posh house. You recognise some parts of the architecture, um, other parts make no sense to you. And it's the biggest audience you've ever had. And they've requested a classic. And it's the the tale that you cut your bard in teeth on, and every bard does. It's the oldest tale in the world. Or the, the oldest tale that's been passed down. And what happens is they teach you the basic version of this, and, and there are a thousand variations and a thousand stories that come off it, and you're expected to add to the tale of those stories. And it's one of the things that people will pick up on. It's, you know, how, how do you make your variations? That's the mark of the masters, that you might know every story in the world, but if you can't make this story good, then you're not a bard. And it's a tale about balance. It's a tale about not putting your all, in, uh, all your eggs in one basket. It's a tale about tempering ferocity with prudence and forgiveness. and uh, But also in taking the necessary steps when you have to. And it's considered, you know, something that leaders should look at. And as you tell this story and you're, you're giving the performance of your life, is that it speaks to you in a way that it never has before. I mean, you've learnt the words, but now you get it. You understand. You tell this story and there's applause. Rapturous applause. You sit there sort of, you're drinking in, but you know the victory wasn't the applause. The victory was the understanding. And you wake up. Okay. But when you wake up, all of you, have this in your heads like a song that won't go away. It's in your heads. But the story or our... The story and your interpretation of it. Um, so um, you heard this as a bleak, you heard this as a child. It's, it's that universal. As you wake up, you start stirring. Carahead starts to sort of grumble and sit up and he's still pretty groggy. And he's looking at Gimbal uh, with a very strange look in his eye, like, hey, what now? And Rue, as you wake up, you, you feel that you've been given something. When you look over at Bleak, you notice that he is not more pale, but he has turned a slightly more ashy, grey sort of colour. It's, it, it's like Almost like when someone's had the blood drain out of them. He seems healthy. He's breathing fine. But um, maybe someone who's never met him before wouldn't maybe notice. They'd notice he was pale like you you noticed when, when you first met him. But to you, as an observer of this man, notice that it's maybe maybe more charcoal, like sort of a light charcoal dusting. Mm. And it looks very much like his jaw has got a bit... More square, you know. It's 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 become a like, like become more ruggedly handsome. That's what yeah. he's trying. To Almost like he's um, Will Wheaton esque <laughs> about me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it basically looking at him. It's it's like he's gone from an un, from an overbite to a slight underbite. His jaws just slightly went forward. Bleak. As as you stir, you can still taste the blood of this deer that you're hunting down and. It's a good feeling. I feel pretty fucking good. Yeah, you feel say. you feel amazing, and uh, you kind of like reflexively just like lick your lips, go, and uh, your teeth feel different. They feel pointier. A little bit. 
just just your lower teeth, just your little your incisors on your lower jaw. Well, it's just a touch pointier. Bite someone on these. <laughs> so, what would you like to do? I'm going to spring up. Obviously, feeling a bit full of testosterone and what. Yeah, come on, boys! Sean right. Michaels, kip up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can. We can get out of this. Oh yeah. Have you had an epiphany? A what? An epiphany. A what? A <laughs> <laughs> sudden burst of intelligence and realization. No, oh, God, no, no, no. I just got, I just got a really good feeling we're getting out of this. Oh, okay. That makes me feel so much better. Right. Anyone got a plan? No, yeah. I haven't. Breakfast. <laughs> ah. I'm going to start shouting for the guard. Uh, the door of the, the rooms that the cells are in doesn't actually open, but there is a, a slot across the, the wooden door um, that leads to this room. That that opens and then, then closes. There's a, a, a pause of about 10 minutes or so while they they're obviously fetching you your, your bacon and eggs for the morning. There's going to be a, a, a slight sort of commotion at the door and raised voice, just briefly. You know, just probably someone giving command doors and that. And the door opens. In through the door come two people. One of them you recognise is Knuckles. Knuckles Lane. Knuckles! <laughs> and next to him is a very finely dressed man. Who's your friend? Looks like he's got a bit of elf blood in him. He's tall. He's, he's, a, he's a bit on the thin side. His, his head has that sort of oblong shape that elves kind of have. Um, Rue, what kind of circles, what, what, what sort of circles do you see yourself rolling in in terms of the, the higher part of society? I kind of found myself in the library a lot because I was doing various reading up and so therefore I started to meet like the academics and the, um, the thinkers and the people who do research for various things. So I, quite a widespread. So some people were just like nobles who have an interest in learning. Other people were maybe like the ar- architects of the city that were responsible for like repairing the bridges and the waterways and stuff, doing research and all that kind of stuff. So you've never met this man. Okay. You don't know who he is. Uh, Gimbal, in terms of your clientele, clientele, what, you know, what's, what's the highest you've ever gone? It's the most posh you've ever gone. Low end nobility. Low end nobility. Yeah. So like, like barons, earls, nothing, nothing above like nothing baron like, or an earl. That, that's that's pretty big. Uh, just, yeah. Baron rules the city. Earl rules this entire area. Okay. Well, whatever. I wasn't thinking like a proper lord or anything. Um, yeah, just you know sort of the 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 baronets basically. There are yeah. there are a fucking ton of baronets and knights and yeah. Okay. So, so, so it's like you know people who've got like you know city home and a, a, a country home and stuff but okay. spare, not, time not like, spare time and money to hire a, a yeah. minstrel yeah, yeah but no, no direct line to like the ruling parties kind of thing okay well um, I'm, I'm going to make you roll a performance check to see how well you did in all of those it's just a general performance check not well apparently <laughs> Considering that I'm supposed to be a pretty good bard, you know. All your big ass d6 to add your inspiration pre bardic thing. One. One. <laughs> How would you get? You were really bad. Uh, apparently. Four. Four. Maybe you were nervous performance anxiety. <laughs> Although, um, I have got jack of all trades, which means I can add half of my proficiency bonus to all checks. That you are not already proficient in. 
balls. Okay. <laughs> you do have inspiration, though. You do have an inspiration, so you can yes. spend that. Go on, then. Let's spend it and re-roll. <sighs> it's professional pride at this point. You've no idea what this roll is for. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, it's just... I'm supposed... Well, we... we did establish in the last session that was a fairly good bar, you know, yeah. like above average. Nat 20. Nat 20. <laughs> yeah, totally okay. worth it. Okay. Oh, no. Roll, 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 the, roll the D6. Roll, yeah. roll the massive D6. Five. Five. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. All right, okay. <laughs> I'm a kick-ass bard. Okay. So, um, you recognise this man. You've seen him... Um, you were performing for a baron. Mm-hmm. Sorry, for a baronet. Uh, who is visiting from uh, the interior of the country on a trade deal. And uh, he was being uh, entertained in one of the trade halls. Uh, so it, it wasn't an, another noble entertaining him. He wasn't at his house. He was being um, entertained by the guild, essentially. And you recognise this chap, and he was, on, he was on the head table. You whispering? Yeah. No. <laughs> is, this, is this in character whispering? This uh, is yes, yes. It okay, is. so what's the in character whispering? I'm trying to persuade him that I will keep them on me. Like I'll be like, hey, how are you doing?" While he conjures up some like "fuck you up" spell. <laughs> okay, so you say that I recognise who this is. Um, do I like know who he is, what he is, or do I just recognise him from certain circles? You, you recognise him. You recognise him. He's a very important man. Okay, um, Gimbal's going to uh, start going. No, he's, he's just going to drop, drop to his knees and just be like, "My lord," or whatever. You know, the appropriate greeting. The appropriate greeting. It wouldn't be my lord because mm. uh, you would be giving a title to someone who doesn't necessarily have one when you don't know. Mm. That's a faux pas. Um, so uh, you would just say, "Well, that's uh, why I was asking if I knew who he is, what he is, or whatever." Yeah, the the the, the actual greeting would just be sort of a uh, good day, sir. Mm. It would just be sir. Um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of humble bragging. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So this guy walks up and uh, Knuckles walks up next to him and uh, he looks at, at Gimbo and says, well, one of you has manners. <laughs> Bleak, you could learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I drew a blank. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually, uh, Knuckles is actually going to step aside. He's just going to um, sort of retreat a step. And this fellow is going to look around and go, you don't know me. My name is Gareth Goulden. No, I can't. And I am the advisor to the Baron. The real Baron. Yeah, because there are two Barons, so it's, I'm, I'm glad you uh, cleared that up. Yes. Knuckles, who is this? While, while your mouth is flapping, this man is just sort of looking at you like, I can listen to you bullshit all day, I don't care. Yeah, that, just, that, just that look of, uh, go on, it's, it's your breath you're wasting kind of look on his face. Okay, so you're, I'm guessing you're important, or you perceive yourself as important. I was just going to say, come on, right, come on, Billy, just give the man a second to talk, otherwise we'll be here all day. We're not going anywhere, are we, really? You are here, under arrest, for the murder of one Harold Boatman Barnes and his associates. Whoa, 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 Boatman Barnes is dead. We have his corpse, we have a witness that places you at the scene. I'm just going to look at Rue. I was under the impression that we'd already addressed this three days ago. He, he looks over to Knuckles and Knuckles looks back at him, just shrugs. And he looks back at you and goes, what you think is not really important to me. What you do could be. We have a situation, gentlemen, 
Uh, we're told that you saw some of the incursions into the city. We're told many things about what you've been doing. Some very interesting things. It might interest you to know that we believe that the siege on the city was a feint. That the entire purpose of the attack on the city, one large attack on the fifth day of a siege, where normally they'd seek to outlast us or come and attack us on the first day, they just waited for five days and then led an all-out assault on the walls that disappeared around about the same time that you gentlemen were brought in. I did not think it was strange that we could spare the men from the walls. He's just looking around, looking a little disappointed, and he looks over at Knuckles and says, You did say they were bright. I've been called many things, sir. <laughs> bright they... is not one of them. He's just going to ignore you, and Knuckles just leaning and says, um, I suppose they're rather element. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, try sleeping on a cold stone floor and see how awake you are in the morning. Without breakfast. Hint. Listen to him. <laughs> We're much better after breakfast. I'm not the one who has to do the listening here. <laughs> Gimble's stomach's just going... It's like, you heard that. <laughs> you four gentlemen are going to die in two days. Unless you listen. Am I understood? <laughs> and he's going to do that thing where he just like just really condescendingly looks at each of you until you give him some assent because it's it's obviously a rhetorical question, but he's like looking at each of you like, come on. And he's going to look at Bleak. He says, "We have not seen one of your kind here in a long time, Mister Tolstag." I'm going to go whiter than what I was before. <laughs> yeah, I'm white, white as sheep. I'm just shut up. It is funny, however, that as you were coming to my attention, it turned out you weren't as unique as we thought you were. Hmm. Malorn, your first name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Met a gentleman called Faron. Mm -hmm. I believe you're both named for your father. Mm-hmm. And then he looks over at Rue. Were you in the least bit interested as to how this cell is locked. I was curious, I will admit. Hmm. Were you able to determine how it was locked? No, because I'm an idiot. And I've just thought of things that I could have done to help the situation, but I was a bit frazzled and tired last night, so... I'm sure you're probably going to give us some time in here to have a think about it, so I might try it later. He just waves his hand at the lock. How about now? Okay. Free. Detect arcane. <laughs> Why the hell didn't I do this before? Okay, so Dumbass. because detect magic is a specific thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, your arcane sense is going to be figuring stuff out about the arcane. So. Okay. So <laughs> roll it again. If that's a twenty, no, it's a four. So roll again. Happy to roll that. That was brilliant. <laughs> Fifty. Uh, so nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so you run your hand over the lock on the inside, on the outside, and now that someone's kind of pointed out that there is something to notice, mm. you feel some bumps on one side, and they're the same sort of bumps on the other. So you just close your eyes and um, you, you sort of trace on one side and, and you follow with your finger on the other, and you end up sort of drawing this kind of shape. Arcane braille. Yeah. 
you you um it's 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 not necessarily something that's actually raised it's just when you've kind of extended your senses as it were it feels like if there's more resistance in this part it's not like a bump almost like haptic feedback yes and uh so he's going to sort of trace his you know trace this this round um symbol you can't make out the details really it's just you know that something's going on here you, you know that there is a thing front and back of this this thing and he's going to look at you and say i trust we have an understanding i'm not sure we have an understanding i think we're certainly getting to one hmm. it seems you are not as unique as you had thought and he's going to turn to gimbal and he's going to say a very one calls you a child don't they not, not really. I do get treated like one. Hmm. See, I wouldn't do that, as I happen to know differently. Do you know differently? Do you know what it is you are? He's gonna. Gimbal's gonna bow a little bit, but I'm halfling, sir. Close, close, but no prize. Gimbal's gonna look a bit confused and slightly shocked, and he's gonna look at Carad, and he's gonna say. You're a visitor. Gentlemen, you were going to be brought in at leisure. We may have overstepped the mark by bringing you in in the manner that we did. But events have transpired. Interesting events, which might have some beneficial repercussions to yourselves in your situation. I will return. And he just leaves. Takes Knuckles with him. We have some food, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not brought any food. But after this this guy leaves, there are some words outside the door which is still open. And a dwarf walks in. And he's going to look at Karahad. Karahad's going to look up at him and you see recognition in his eyes. And you see a family resemblance between the two straight away. He's going to go, oh, Karahad, what have you done now? <sighs> And you disappeared. We all thought you'd done the right thing. You need to be gone. So he's, he's looking at him and, and he's just got this look of disappointment on his face. Like, not anger, not anything like that. And he's going to say, I thought what you did before you left was, was bad enough, but now murderers, thieves, worse? Oh, God. You When you gone, nearly killed mum. I'm not going to tell her I saw him. That's all I can do for you. Maybe a very if you had died that night. And he walks away. And Karahad just closes his eyes and tears. Street. What would you like to do? Did he leave the door open? Nope. Pause. Who was he? How did he know any of that? And why didn't you check the lock last night? <laughs> because I'm an idiot, apparently. Can you open I, it? I don't know. Give me a while, and I might be able to start to figure it out, but it's not like anything I've done before. Everything I've done before has been some kind of projection that I've created. This is embowing something with power. Ooh. That's that's a little bit beyond me at the second. Check that open. Illusion it open. Illusion. I can't just illusion it open. It doesn't work that way. Why? I don't know. Look, alright, fair he, enough. He locked the door, why can't you unlock it? From outside, you hear trumpets blaring. 
and you recognise that as the, the you know the standard sort of thing they would do to announce the the Baron coming out of his little address window kind of thing. It's not like a public, you know, a public information system thing where it's heard around the city. You just you'd hear this in the in the centre. So obviously the hue and cry has been raised and people have been gathered, and the Baron is addressing the public, and you hear the sound of a crowd. And it wasn't really clear before because the sound of a lot of people murmuring outside wouldn't really get to where you are. But as the trumpets blow, you hear this this crowd start saying things and, and doing things and making noise. You can't tell what any of it is, but there, there is noise. And that in itself is unusual. People normally just turn up, okay, right, okay, what's happening now? And, right, okay. Even when, you know, the human cry was raised and the city was under attack, and people didn't know it was under attack, but they were still like, oh, right, you know, fine, you know, another public service, another tax, is it? Right, fine. They'd normally just sit and grumble about it, whatever. you wouldn't expect to hear that, but you hear this noise, and after a while it subsides. And you hear the reverberation of a single voice, which you, you can't hear any of the details, you just, you know, there's, there's one person talking, and he's obviously in a, in a good position to do so. There's a slight pause, and there's a cheer. And there's, you, can, you can hear applause and people cheering, whatever, and it's, it's brief. You know, it's, it just comes up like, way, and then down. And very shortly afterwards, there's another one. Up, way, and then down. Then there are more trumpets and silence. Guard into the room. And uh, what kind of state are you in, in terms of cleanliness and blood and gore and stuff? What kind of state? I mean, uh, you got I'm covered sure, in blood. In say, I'm, quite, I'm quite bloody. Because, okay. yeah. I didn't actually get hurt too badly during that entire thing. Although, to be honest, no, actually, considering I've done not sure I'm damage um, <laughs> so far. When I got covered in blood, it was like a couple of days previously, wasn't it? No, you got you got covered in blood uh, from the the chap you killed in the alleyway. Do we even say that? Oh, yeah, because yeah, it wasn't really phasing as much as it had. Yeah, cool. Um, <clears throat> so you got that on you, rest of you? So, rubble, rubble dust and stuff like that. I could do with a wipe down with a wet flannel well that's about it wet flannel <laughs> right yeah, I'm just a bath. the same needing a good flanneling <laughs> <laughs> this this is probably how you would clean yourself anyway you know the the, the, the towel bath you know the, the sponge bath type thing um, uh, I mean you might want to jump, jump in a river but you know um, it'd be out in public and people pissing it cleanliness is a thing that people do uh, but baths are things that rich people have um, you know the, a, a basin of water is probably the best you're going to get generally so the guy's going to come in, he's going to look you up and down, he's going to sort of come out, he's going to um, come back in with a bucket and it's got a load of rags in it and he's just going to put the bucket down, he's going to grab some rags, he's going to throw them at you. He's going to clean yourselves up. You've got ten minutes and you can have some breakfast. Food! Clean yourselves up, are you, are you doing this? I'm going to clean myself yeah. up and I'm going to also, at the same time as doing this, I'm going to erect the minor <laughs> illusion... <laughs> of a come blind, on. Come on, a shower curtain, essentially, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna say it's a minor illusion, so you can't cover your entire body, but you can you can like have a little privacy. Yeah. Is it like pixelated? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's, he's made it slightly longer than is realistic. Yeah. Yeah. He's now a sim. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no qualms about being naked around these guys, so I'm. I debrief, start getting a good old wash on. You guys are gonna see staring at um, the eyes. Is Garahad well enough that he can wash himself? I'm not giving him a sponge bath. Yeah, he's 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 Excellent. up and moving it. Right, good good. Um, <laughs> you, you can see when when Bleak defrocks that he's um, he's covered in scars, head to toe, including where you think. 
ask. Gimbal, you got along with this? Well, get cl- getting clean, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, you, you obviously have to get back in your clothes and, you know, they're slightly stained and whatever, but you, you do feel better for it. And once you're done, the guard comes in, he collects the bucket, comes out, and eight guards come in, and with them is Gareth Gilder at the back. And he's going to say, if these gentlemen are going to escort you with me to a room where we will have some breakfast, and we will discuss how it is you can keep yourselves from dying in the next two days. Does that sound reasonable? Can we have our weapons back? That will very much depend on the content of our conversation. Okay. Are you going to go with these guys, or are you going to try and do something? I want breakfast. Yeah. So as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm at least going to feed myself before I try and do anything yeah. else. I'm going to prepare to fight on a full stomach. Like, like, like looking at the the eight guys all day, just just poking him. <laughs> what? What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was talking like waving my hands like. Oh God! Right, we're going to have a long sit down. At some point, I'm going to explain this all to you like a child, <laughs> and maybe you'll get some kind of grip on what I can and cannot do. But at the minute, we're going for breakfast, okay? And Gareth will actually say, interrupt you and say, I would also like to have that discussion. However, maybe in not such basic terms. Uh, he's going to walk up the door, and he places his hand on it, on the, on the, the lock plate. And he turns his hand. And he walks away through the guards, and the guards open the door, and they walk in. <laughs> Sorry. For the audio, <laughs> Mike was miming uh, Bleak pointing at the lock plate and they having a look in his face like, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in fact a twat? <laughs> As we have seen demonstrated. <laughs> so... <laughs> Gim- Gimbal's going to be first out of the door after the guards. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're sort of Gimbal's going hungry. Yeah, you don't want to be manhandled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, follow him out. Karahad is going to get up and he he looks pretty depressed right now, so he's just going to sort of trudge along. I'll be the last one out. Okay. Um, you are surrounded by guys. So obviously they have been briefed <laughs> to expect. Um... So you have at least three people within uh, easy reach of you. So... We do want to try something. You really want to try something? Yeah. If you want to try something, you try something. Army of Amala. There are eight guards. There's one directly behind you. There are two others on your shoulders, essentially. And then two others just in front of you. So you've got the bulk of people around you. Because the other guards are sort of easy to see. Uh, you are going to be walking through. Um, the corridor really hasn't been invented, um, so you walk through various rooms. Uh, you walk through so, there are several sort of connecting chambers that you might kind of call a corridor, but they're not a, a real thing. They're just a small room you move through. Okay, describe. This is sorry. Okay, sorry. the first room that, that you're going to go through is obviously somewhere where these guards hang out. Um, there is a table, several chairs. Uh, you can see that there's the leavings of a breakfast there um, for about six guys. You can see that there's um, 
uh, a room off to the side with a door over it, um, and a, sort of a few rags on the other side. You'd imagine that the privy. There's uh, there is a water barrel, an open water butt in the corner. Okay, so we're going through to the next room mm-hmm. from the jail. So it's a door open towards me or back. Um, every door, basically, as you walk through the castle, every door um, goes in. So. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, basically, if you, if you imagine that you attack a castle, imagine that every door can be barricaded against you. So if you're moving into the castle, you have to open the door forward. Okay. Makes good sense, actually. My plan is, as you guys go through the door, and obviously I've got two people behind me, I'm, as we go through the door, I'm going to use my athletic skill to quickly shut the door and then kind of like break the lock so it's well, I'm alone with these two people. Then I'm gonna roll to hide somehow. This okay. is what I'm thinking. Okay. It, because it, it's my new skill now. This is this is a cunning action. Yeah, it's yeah. my cunning action. Okay, so uh, the way this is going now, so you are gonna wait for the two guys in front of you to get through the door, and then you're gonna grab this door, and swing shut. So this is about a five foot wide door, hinged on yep. one side. So this is five foot kind of behind you. By the time you know, these, these guys are gonna walk through, so it's about. Uh, maybe two feet behind you to grab the, the edge of this thing. So you can reach for it, but you'd be reaching sort of over the shoulder of a guy who's like right there on your shoulder. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you try. Certainly, we'll, we'll see where this goes, because this is interesting. Um, so, yeah, um, let's say you're not going to get the drop on them because they're watching you, so we're going to roll initiative. I'm going to roll once for these guys. Got to be a nine. Eleven. Okay, so you're going to go first. So, uh, what's the first thing you're doing here? Right. Walk, as we walk through the door, the guy is like halfway through the door. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to nudge him so he, goes, so he falls through and grab the door and close it shut. Okay, so um, there's two guys in front of you and you're going to nudge one of them through the door and slam it and hope maybe it chaps the other guy on the other side and whatever. Yes. But otherwise you're going to have four guys in the room with you. Yes. Okay. Has, has the door slammed? It has not yet. So okay. we're going to roll... I mean, what, what, yeah, so so you're going to barge this guy and roll in. I mean, that's not really acrobatics. That, to me, is... That's that's a straight-up barge. So I'm going to say it's a grapple, isn't it, really? So it's going to be athletic. Yeah, strength athletic or dexterity acrobatics. Yeah, so it is acrobatics as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, let, let's, let's let you roll acrobatics versus his strength. Uh, versus his athletics. 27. 27. Jesus. Versus his not 27. So yeah, you're going to uh, barge into him, you're going to knock him five feet. Um, and with a 27, I, I'll let you grab that thing and slam that door. Um, the other guard uh, is also going to get clipped by this door and he's going to go sprawling forward. Big heavy door, you manage to get a good whip on it and get the drop on the guys behind you as well. So you are now successfully close this door, it's slammed. The two of you have noticed it slam. The other guards have turned around and you're in this room with three guards. And you hear from the other side of the door, For fuck's sake, Bleak, <laughs> I'm hungry. Stop <laughs> dicking about. Um, so that was your turn. And so you've got a bonus action left or a movement? What yes, would you like to do? I have. I'm going to. Sorry, I'm reading it. It's, it's a cunning action, which is I'm quick thinking and agility allows you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus a bonus action on each of your turns in combat. 
This action can be used to dash, disengage, or hide. Okay. But you have to roll to hide. It's not an automatic no, action. No, it's okay. Fine. Um, so I'm going to describe to you what the situation is. You are in broad daylight in a small room with not a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Going to disappear <laughs> from three guards who are alert, who are all watching you, and you are within two feet of all of them. Yep. And you're <laughs> going to try and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> roll it. Uh, roll me a dexterity stealth, please. 22. It's not the number. What? It's not the number. What did I have to get? How would you describe the situation I, I just laid out? How, what, how would you describe the likelihood of you being able to... Near impossible. Yeah. That was that was exactly the phrase that occurred to me. And do you know what the official guidance for a nearly impossible task is? Go on. 30. Really? Yeah. But I should be able to do some... Something, something that will get you... Uh, with a 30, will get you the notice of the gods. Disappearing in plain sight, in broad daylight, no is smoke so unbelievable. But without, do- yeah, without having a smoke canister, without uh, trying to do any other things, you were just trying to duck somewhere. Basically, you've successfully hidden behind the curtains with your feet sticking out. Whilst three men watching happen. Nope, because that's not the number. Now, if you had say. Um, Try to jump up into the rafters if there were any or something. Yeah, give me specifics. Give me um, <laughs> things that you're trying to do. Things that you that you that will help you with this. I might give you inspiration on that. Um, if you if you do something to your detriment to try and make this work, you know, if you if you take some um, some loose thing. Oh, I knew it! I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> this is your thing. This is my thing. Do do the people know about the thing? Okay. Uh, yes, they know about the thing. It's in the um, it's in the edit. Oh, is I think, it? I think it's in there. I, if, I, if they don't, I don't even remember if I know about the thing. Uh, if if you don't know about the thing, and for Adam, because you don't know about the thing, um, is that uh, again on a game of Munchkin, I made a deal. And oh, it was that that thing. Yeah, it, it was that Mike gets to ask me for one thing within three sessions. I was hoping you'd forget about it because <laughs> this is technically the second session. I'll say, yeah. So, this is the thing. What's the thing that you want? And it is not. This works. <laughs> the thing is, I want it to work. You, the, I'll tell you what, you have a retcon. You can retcon what you are doing. So, now that I've explained to you that if you come up with something sufficiently epic, I'll give you some bonuses towards this. Epic, but not miraculous. Mm. If you can pull a miracle out of your ass, that'd be great. <laughs> And I will look favourably upon you. I'm not saying, oh, come on, you fucker. <laughs> it's an interesting wrinkle for me as a DM, so. Okay. Okay. The door's cracked, isn't it? So they're, they're, they're all trying to get in, aren't they, to hear? It's not cracked. You didn't. You can't break a lock on a door that's made of iron in a door that's made of iron. It's, you don't, you're not doing that by hand. I mean, maybe Karahad could, because he's stronger than anyone you've ever met. But it would still take him a fair bit of doing to do that. You slam the door shut. So you have a moment to make a move. Using the thieves' tools that are actually ingrained into my skin, pulling two out. What kind of things are they? They are just two lockpicks, probably about three, maybe four inches out. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this. So I've pulled them out, I've turned into his eye, into his eye. So they're going, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. So that's, they're confused. 
right? We, we good so far? Um, you're making a case for rolls that you're going to have to make. That's some attack rolls. Okay. Okay, do this. Do this. Do this. Okay, so we'll go through this, because I'm not letting you, you go back on this one. So the first roll you're going to make is you're going to roll a straight-up dexterity check for me to see if you can get the drop on these guys to make this manoeuvre. This is completely outside of the actual rules, because we should just go into combat. 18. 18? Yep, I'll give you it for 18. You can you can uh, slip round and... They weren't necessarily expecting any of this, so we've got the drop. Make your first attack roll. How are we going to do this? This is going to be a d20, plus your dexterity modifier, plus your proficiency bonus, because you're proficient with your thieves tools, so why the fuck? So, what's your dexterity modifier? That's 19 plus... Um, thieves, I'm proficient with thieves tools, so that's plus 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first one gets it in the eye. Yeah. Second one? 23. <laughs> second, one gets, second one gets it in the eye. Right, okay. What about the guy straight in front of you? I'm going to headbutt him. <laughs> so you've, you've, you've turned around and you've got bam, these things out, you jab these things in. Bam. You've lost those picks now, they're in the, those guys' eyes. Yep. And you're going to headbutt this guy. Yeah. Okay. This is the last roll you get to make before they start making rolls. Okay. So make the attack roll. And it's going to be a strength roll so it's going to be d20 plus your strength eight okay ten ten all right so you're going to go for this guy um as you as you go for him he just like brings his head back reflexively and you just miss him he's action you've just had all of those don't like yeah you've had what four five actions yeah yeah okay you you can you're looking straight into his eyes as the sort of the mist of this surprise clears and he takes one half step back, drops into a fighting stance, and we'll leave it there. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast. The campaign world is written by Paul Bennett and Robert Sanderson. The song is Shards of Glass by Louis Barabbas and the Bedlam Six. Thanks for listening. In this world are generally dark-skinned. Think sub-Saharan Africa, circling the heart. Okay, so it's from the sort of light brown to very, very dark brown. Like in Morrowind. Not as black, black, which is like charcoal tones that it got. Um, but yeah, Morrowind would be a reasonable thing. Like they're, they're Morrowind, they're sort of they're more yellowish than charcoal. Yeah, um, but yeah, these, these things more natural. Um, Earth, so you know, like just what you would see in Saharan Africa. Stupid. You'd have to eat a lot of sausage to probably get something from it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there's only so much I can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you just yeah, I couldn't help it. Welcome to carry on D and D. Where are the children? Where are the children? Ah! So you know, how dare you mock her pain? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a man uh, who came in. We didn't introduce him in the session, but you know him as, as uh, you, you know him as Lane or Knuckles. Knuckles Lane. He's, Me personally. Yeah, um, and he works on behalf of a man 
that is referred to never in his presence, although most people have never met him as the Baron, who runs oh. organised crime in the city. Yeah. I completely um, misinterpreted that, even the second time over listening to it. An important note is that um, they call him the Baron, and it's very tongue-in-cheek, it's very mocking, um, in, in the way that, that people generally mock things that they fear. Um, but it's also somewhat respectful, but in this world, claiming a title that is not your own is punishable by death. It's, it is a capital offence. If you're a commoner, claiming a title that isn't yours, you die. If you're a noble, claiming a title that isn't yours, you at least have to go for trial by combat. Okay, you're expected to. Um, so death is very much on the line when you do that sort of thing. So it, you know, if, if someone told you about you know the Baron, and they might have told you about the Baron, your initial thought wouldn't have would have been that's obviously a name that he has not adopted himself. Okay, um, maybe it's because no one actually knows his real name or something. So they've got to come up with a nickname. Someone tried to sell me advertising today. Their advertising service, their their web optimization advertising service for SortNetRadio.com. Really? Because <laughs> it had been registered. Well, you, you can't even find it online. It's like because there's nothing on it. And so what I did was I searched for all the things they mentioned in their in their message because I knew they'd be they'd be calling again because it's an aggressive sales thing. They they called again today and I said, look, I I searched for your company online and you weren't on the first page. So obviously you're shit. <laughs> <laughs> Insert name here. Insert name here! <laughs> Must be the, the dominant male. What do you mean, red deer? Rodeo. Rodeo or tiny? Huge for a rodeo. Okay, got it. <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> I have an ecology, fuck you. <laughs> I was just curious because you said huge rodeo, like. Big bonus Yeah, actually, recently. Because the thing is, though, I, you, uh, you kind of came back into my consciousness as part of the Big Bang Theory. Steady on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's fake. They're different. The reason I call myself Rue, and only Rue, mm -hmm. is because I won't admit to what my surname is. It's too painful. So we... <laughs> We're told that last night you saw some of the incursions into this city. They sing a lot of it. Yeah. So, got a Welsh accent. I know it's just it's just brilliant because I just love that you do obviously tailored it for Tom. <laughs> the fact that it's the only accent I can do beside the bike. Um, yeah, so I can't do Welsh. So, it's fine. <laughs> so um, this is why none of the rest of you get uh, uh, relatives. Cause I can't do Mancunian. So <laughs> um, I've got my fucking grapple rules. Why do they always ask the grapple rules when you haven't got the grapple rules up? Describe the room around you. You're looking at the door. So we're going into bullet time. It's like the major is like, <laughs> things slowed down. So you've got the door in front of you. Uh, behind you, as well, on each of your shoulders, are two guards. Behind you is one other guard. They are all about two feet away from you. They're within an arm's reach. Okay, they could all put a hand on you. Um, going around the room, the wall in front of you extends for about 15 feet in each direction. Turns around, it's a square room. On the left-hand side, as you're looking towards the wall, the left-hand side, uh, the wall comes back about five foot, five feet. Then there's this door that leads what, to what you assume is the privy. It goes back another 20 feet. Um, this is a reasonable size room. And then turns a right angle, and directly behind you is the door that you came out of. Mm -hmm. There is a table that would seat about six people in the centre of the room that's about the size of this part of the gaming table. Okay. Um, let's say, what's that, about four foot on each side. 
there are not enough chairs for that many people in the room. So there are about four proper chairs in the room, and there are three or four stools. You know exactly how many. And they're all scattered about the table. One is up against um, the corner of the room on the right-hand side, from your perspective. So it's next to the door you came out of, in the corner. As you come around the room, on that side, there is a light. In there. It's not a full window. It's not an arrow slit either. But it's uh, like a, a, almost like a, um, a ventilation light kind of thing. Um, so it lets light in from the next room or from outside. You're not sure if it's outside or next room. But that's, that's the main source of light. And there is a half, um, a small half, in the same wall as the door to the privy. Okay. If I can get us to a point where we can escape, um, you guys sorry, with me. And um, there is a fire in that half. Small fire. We're yeah. on the other side of the door with the rest of the 20 guys. You've got three of them. We've got... You um, can't... You about cannot... Them. No, 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 no. So, okay. I just wanted... Now, I've given you no. so much time to think of this. Go. 